Welcome to episode 307 of the Overlook Hour. I am your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. Yes, we are reunited once again. COVID couldn't take him down. The flu couldn't take him down. And frankly, just between us girls, it only made him stronger. It's Russell John. <laughs> I don't know about all that. It definitely took me down seven pounds, which I've... Uh, My favorite Will Smith film. Dude. Uh, the best diet I've been on in forever. Honestly, I think I've been out of it because I haven't been eating, which is the dumbest revelation I've ever had. Bro, you're supposed to feed a fever and starve a cold. And I came in strong, eaten, and uh, you know what? We ordered five guys, and I was so pumped. And we went through this battle with DoorDash where they offered us a bribe. They're like, we know it's been over two hours, but if you hang in there, we'll give you 25% credit and you'll still get your order. So guess what? We ordered Taco Bell on top of it because I'm like, I don't believe you, but I want that credit. You bang banged? No, because uh, my bet was correct. The fucking five guys never showed up. And then when it never showed up, Oksana, because every time we'd play D&D, she orders food and it never comes correctly. They said, uh, you've had too many corrections recently. We're not going to allow you to do this one. Did you get the Taco Bell order in while they still had wings? No, we didn't. I hear the wings are very missed out. I, I didn't have them, actually. Yeah, no. So we got no five guys. Also, don't speak until you're fucking introduced. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, we didn't get credited for that order. We got 25% credit of what that order cost. And they wouldn't refund it. Oh, what kind of? And then we got Taco Bell and we... Uh, Freakonomics is that. We both realized we were losing our taste. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, so then I just stopped eating. Is the taste back? Yeah, and, and the smell now, too. Also checking in on our COVID update, Oksana Valerinova Osachi, who suffered her own journey with this herself. Oksana, how are you feeling? <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> Taste back, smell back? For the most part, yeah. I think this... Vigor for life back? Uh, yeah, that never went anywhere. Oh, very good. Except for my, my technical problems, but... Uh, yeah, Don't they gave us... Into <laughs> they, they bribed us with a $25, hey, just wait and see if this shows up. And then when I tried to refund the order that never showed up, they're like, eh, "You can't do that." I'm like, was this was this a uh, was this a Dordash? Yeah. Oh. And they wouldn't even let me talk to anyone. I was like, "Just give me the difference. I don't care." That's very strange because I'll tell you something right now. I am. I'm. I'm not trying to to. I'm not trying to brag know, brag here. <laughs> but I very well may be their best customer <laughs> the of all king time. Of DoorDash? <laughs> there, I don't think there's any question. And I have had to talk to their customer support, let's call it too many times, every single time I feel like they're bending over backwards. I, I have gotten boo koodles of credits. Well, the thing is, they always give me credits when, when my order is wrong. In this case, I think they strategically gave me a couple dollars less than when I paid for the in and or I keep calling it in and out the five guys, just so that I couldn't get the full refund for it because they had already given me the slightly lower yeah. credit. Also joining this conversation now to talk about his follies and foes with the food delivery service of DoorDash is Randy Michaelstadt. You know, I have not ordered uh, a delivery meal since I moved out here in September. I uh, I just what go for a walk. You I know what the fuck you go for a walk. What are you, Henry yeah. Fonda? The fuck I are you talking a, uh, about? You know, it's not my favorite, but I have a Shake Shack like right around the corner from me and then oh, really? a bunch of other stuff to eat. It's good. And yeah, I don't know. I like, like to go for a walk. 
Now, Randy, both you and I have shared a, a meal at Shake Shack, and it was both, let's call it, subpar, right? We were yeah. not too terribly impressed with the Shake Shack effort. I However, will say I kind of like the chicken shack, the chicken burger. I have not had the chicken. I would try the chicken. Their hot dog is bullshit. Their burger is pedestrian at best. I like the crinkle cut fries because I just love crinkle cut fries because I'm white trash and I love that. I will say their milkshakes, top notch. Yeah, apparently I haven't tried any yet because I'm lactose intolerant. I think you are too, but you <laughs> I just rolled the dice. Yeah. Fuck it. I think they have a new one that uh, is made with Red Bay coffee, which is... Ooh. They had one uh, that they put cornflakes in it. Oh my goodness. That sounds all right. It was great. I don't know. I don't believe you. I love it. I love milkshakes too, but I don't. love it. I'm telling you right now, better than Five Guys. Okay. No question. No question. Five Guys. You're putting be, the bar up there. Let's though. be honest. Let's be honest. Five Guys, stay calm. A little watery. Uh, that's because you get a delivery. It's a little watery. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I went to the man. Wait, which one? I said man. We got a couple Milk of them. Milkshake. If you went to Tamfran, you're rolling the dice. Yeah, I went to Tamfran. Yeah, you got to go to the other one. It's far away. I know, but that's it's a, better. That's Aaron Lewis. Yeah. They still got a lot of so toppings, and it doesn't feel like syrup. So that's really all. I mean, and I, I think there is a place for that plastic some people milkshake. Like, some people like a watery shake. Yeah. I don't. Nah. No. You know, I, I will fuck with Burger King, though, and that li- literally tastes like plastic. Like you're drinking a plastic <laughs> milkshake. No, I like, I like my milkshakes like I like my women. Problems with their father. Joking. <laughs> That's what I like. All right. No, we're going to have a good time today. We're a little bit behind here. We were supposed to start recording at 2.30. It is now 3.45, but in that time, I have learned uh, a slight of hand magic trick with a cigarette, and I made myself a Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. I'll have three. <laughs> Don't say it too many times. Well, you're already on two, right? <laughs> I th- yeah, only during the recording. Pre-recording, you could have summoned Candisha how many times you fucking said it. How many times I'm a little, a little, a little loose. You're a little Clark? Hell yeah. A little loose. So what have you been doing? I mean, I've been down for a week. Oksana, she's been feeling fine. I've been in bed bitching and moaning. I, am, I can't. When I get sick, I get fucked up. Mentally and physically. Yeah. So what, what? I know what I've been doing. I've been in there trying to read House of Leaves. Yeah, what, and going crazy. But yeah. what have you been doing in the the one wall over? Fixing my life, Dave. <laughs> I can tell. He's <laughs> <laughs> been buying watches brick by brick. Now, oh, I did buy a watch. I showed you. Did I show you the watch, Randy? Uh, I show you the watch. The watch hadn't come in, but uh, oh, Randy, do you want to get into watches? Because I got a guy in New York, and let me tell you something. I think he'd be into this brand. He made this brand. It's called Brew Watches, and he made it because he loves fucking coffee. Okay, I could be down with a coffee watch. What does it have? Like a bean on it or something? Or what's going on there? <laughs> that's, a, that's part of the logo. Yeah, it's a little bean with yeah. a swoop in it. Oh my! Does I'll it send, smell? I'll send you the watch. But uh, they sold out of this run. The The watch I got sold out in three minutes, baby. And your boy got in there. Run a 200. Sniper, dude. Sniping. I don't, I don't get it still. What do you mean? It's like, clearly, all these new trends you're into are all, like, very outward, thoughtful. What like, trends are my into? Like, you're trying to control your id and people's perception of it by the way that you look. 
like you're wearing glasses, you're smoking cigarettes, you're wearing watches, but yet you don't go anywhere. And then we got Where's Randy. Where's there to go? <laughs> you could go anywhere. <laughs> Where do I go? Randy, Randy, the introvert over here who loves New York. For, I, you know, I don't get this. What's up with the introverts that love being buried under people? So Randy, instead of ordering DoorDash, will go on a walk. He hangs out in bars on New Year's Eve. Hell yeah! I don't. I, y'all are confused. <sighs> I don't. I don't. Let me tell you something. I never. I never tuned in with Bukowski, dude. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I can't get into that whole barfly culture. Mm-hmm. It's not my scene. I mean, I kind of understand it. Randy, when I met Randy, he was reading Ham on Rye for the third time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a Kerouac guy, actually. Of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. I'm looking at three and Kerouac. And by that, books you have sex here. with 14 year olds. Yikes. He was a pedophile. Anyway. Is this licorice pizza? Oh, God. <laughs> is that what it's about? Pedophiles? Well,. Reddit will try to tell you that. Licorice Pizza Massacre, oh, dude, dude. Reddit came after PTA. <laughs> yeah, they did. Film yeah. Twitter did too. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Well, but no like one came after Red Rocket. Wait, why? Why did they come after him? Because it's a big movie and it's about a 15 year old falling in love with a 25 year old and vice versa. I, yeah, but it's he's so worshipful with his like filmmaking. Was there a lot of that? Like, like wonder and like. Kind of nostalgia. Or did um, I saw that movie. There's not an ounce of salaciousness in this movie at all. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's one of the sweetest movies I've seen. Oh, I completely believe you. It's a. It's a lovely movie. But again, you. I think you were correct when you said people came after it. Yeah. No. Because they're looking for. No, they're shit. looking for something. Yeah. yeah. No. No. It was. It was dumb, and it died very quick. Well, Red Rocket again. Like it might be lower hanging fruit there, but still, like nuance. If you're gonna watch a movie that's two hours long, I got a crush on Strawberry. By the way, <laughs> I follow her on. I follow her on Instagram. She is like 27 in real life yeah, or she's something 26. like that. So she's she's fun. Oh, now I understand the watches and the cigarette tricks and the glasses. Why? Because you're building a persona. You're going to pull the trigger. Let me tell you something. This isn't built overnight. (laughs) Okay. I'm constantly building new floors in my penthouse suite. Oh, shit. You got an MC Escher over here. Very House of Leaves, too. I don't. All right, God. You and your hack novels that you're reading over here. Hey. (laughs) Hey, anybody out there who's actually read this book, which Randy has, but he instantly started backing off and was like, dude, it was a decade ago. What's more hack, House of Leaves or Infinite Jest? Randy, Infinite Jest? I guess Infinite Jest, yeah. yeah. House of Leaves is cult, though. It's not like it's like on the Barnes & Noble bookend True. of classics. It's more like, hey, anybody looking for a good time, go on Goodreads and read the reviews of House of Leaves. There's some Has Nick read House people. of Leaves? Uh, probably. Call him. I would believe you're talking Nordlinger, yeah, right? Yeah, can we call him? Do we call him up on here? <laughs> call him right him. now. Yeah, get last, him on the show. Yeah, get him on the show. Call him right now. Call him right now. I can't. How? I'd have to hook up the phone uh, thing. Can we do it in like two minutes? We could do it next week. Fuck that. I want. <laughs> you're, why are you asking me? I'm the co. We got two producers here. Yell at we one of them. We have two producers that sit on their thumbs. <laughs> I've been called the worst producer ever already today, so I'll let Randy handle the technical things. Oh, okay, so I'm gonna cut your mic you off do. too. That, uh, <laughs> put a you dollar. Could just in hold the, the speaker up to the microphone and do it ghetto. Oh, God, <laughs> call him. You really want me to call, call Nick him right now. and be like, yes. Hey, but dude, have you read House of Leaves? And then where do we go from there? You let the master do his craft. Dude, he's probably right. writing his syllabus for the week. All right, this is going to fuck up a couple of things, so y'all got to bear with me. 
column right now. All right. Well, can you fill the dead air? This, while is, this is the new format of the show. It's called Clark Gets a Little Drunk and We Get Funky. <laughs> Randy, is that a uh, portrait of a lady on fire poster? It is, yeah. Has that always been there? It's been there for uh, I put it up months. several weeks ago, maybe a month, month and a half. Has your camera angle always been there to see it? It hasn't. I think it's been a little like... I don't know, because I just moved no, it. No, yeah, it's been more to the left, because I've been seeing your refrigerator, and I don't see your refrigerator uh, true. Anymore. Yeah, you saw me grab a beer last time. I did. Are you not drinking? Am I drinking alone, dude? I am drinking a beer. All right, good. I always drink a beer here. Why aren't y'all drinking with me? Oksana, you got booze in there? It's just Earl Grey. I got vodka. You want some vodka in there? You want that? Earl Grey needs a friend. It needs a Russian potato-based friend. <laughs> I had two rum and cokes last night. Not generally oh, you a rum a drinker. Casino? No, I was at my uh, uncle's place in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Mm. Yes, Randy is just back from the state of Florida. Tell us uh, how's it going down there in the dirty. Uh, it was good. You know, weather was nice, uh, considering we had a snowstorm here um, one of the days that I was gone, so I missed... Did you get a speck of snow? Uh, in Atlanta they did, but I was in Florida. Um, we got heavy rain in Florida. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was nice. You know, beach is, uh, not really entirely my thing. I like being around the ocean, Yeah, but I don't like interacting with it for the most part. Oh, uh, Randy, that was evident from your Instagram where- Oh yeah, that was very Sean Wilson too. Uh, God, you are becoming this man. Hey. Explain, explain the picture you took and posted on social media. As a thirst uh, trap for people who love ankles. I, I took a picture of me uh, at the beach on a beach chair um, with my shoes and socks completely on and wearing pants, but the pants were like rolled up maybe like two or three times. So you could see a little bit of ankle, but that's how, uh, that's how I enjoy the beach. Did you get a tan line on your ankles, Dave? No, I did get a mosquito bite on my right ankle though. <laughs> so it's a little red. Are you calling him? Oh, is that, we got him? No. No answer. Okay. I tried. What are you going to do? Teachers. You know what I mean? When you need them, they're not there for you. That's all I'm oh, saying. That was a good uh, bit, though. That was worth it. No, it wasn't. <laughs> He'll call back. You know, I, w- I would have been down for that type of thing like a, a while ago. But uh, Nick Nordlinger, who was the, our second guest host on the show when Clark was gone, I, you know, he would have ran with it well. Oh, wait, hold on. He's calling me back. He's back. Hell yeah. All right. Hold on. Hey, what's up? Hey, you just called me. Yeah. I uh, Clark wanted me to put you on the spot. Nick, you're on the show. You're on the show? You're on the show. Hey, what's up? Uh, go ahead, Clark. Have you have you read uh, House of Leaves? House of Leaves is that what you asked? Correct. Yes, I love House of Leaves. I've read it twice. Is it better than Leaves of Grass? <laughs> yes, <laughs> by quite a bit, I would say. You read I mean, it twice. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Leaves of Grass is, you know, um, gay, uh, transcendent romanticism at its finest. Or not romanticism. Randy, put that on your list. <laughs> <laughs> um, but House of Leaves, man, is, you know, especially for the stuff you guys traffic in, it's gold. It's pure gold. 
humans. <laughs> now, let me ask you this, Nick. Um, is House of Leaves, what's more hack? House of Leaves or Infinite Jest? <laughs> um, what's more? Hmm. They're both, I read them back to back when I read them. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, was doing the, I was doing the big book uh, thing. Infinite Jest is more literary. House of Leaves is more experimental fun. And there are aspects of House of Leaves that a lot of literary people think are kind of silly, but that I love. Like the book architecture, like the way that the pages, I mean, the way that the words form a spiral staircase or the way that there's like one word per page. So it's like you're running while you're flipping pages. So House of Leaves is more for the horror fan. Infinite Jest is more for the disaffected Hamlet fan. But they're both excellent. God damn it. Nick, I mean, you rule, dude. I love you, Nick. I also love, love spiral too. staircases, so all right, I'm sold. <laughs> you should definitely read House of Leaves, um, and I recommend you do it while listening to some you know, drone metal and really get yourself freaked out because it's quite the existential dread story. It really is. There you go, Russ. Nick, I'm reading it right now. Uh, we got to talk about it more later. <laughs> Sounds good. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Thanks, right. Nick. Love you, Nick. <laughs> love you guys. Talk to you soon. And that's what we offer here at the Overlook Hour. <laughs> okay. Where are you going to get this? Oh does my Joe Rogan God. do that? No, he does not. Does Mark Maron do that? No, he does not. Does Terry Gross do that? Probably. What do you mean harass our friends while they're... What was he doing? Running to get food like Randy? What was he doing? He was providing a layer <laughs> in our sandwich. Also, he nailed it. The like one pay, one word per page because you're like running. I just got to that part. It's uh, incredible. By the way. Was he on the lamb when he called us? Because he was out of breath. That's what I mean. He sounded panicked. That's like Randy when he's going to get food. I'm a fast walker. Yeah, I think I breathe okay, though. <laughs> Randy is a fast walker. Confirmed. Oh, my God. A little too quick. All, All right. right. Let's bring him in. Oh, d- d- you're excited. Okay, I do want to point out, today is a Monday. So, hopefully, hopefully... He'll give us something different than, <laughs> you know, the end of the weekend projects bullshit. This fucking thing is sticking me in the face. All right. Well, while you deal with your celery, uh, I'll issue him in. Is that an innuendo? Wait, no. Wait, hold on. I have to go get him. So. <laughs> David? <laughs> David? I Randy? Almost, I almost had a Bloody Mary spit take. Oh, my God, Randy. <laughs> That was very good. Oh, my God. You can't do that shit out of nowhere. It's your buddy, Kyle McLaughlin. Good morning. It's January 17, 2022, and it's a Monday. Today is actually day three of weekend projects because we're having a long weekend. Today, we're celebrating the great Martin Luther King Jr. And I was thinking about the Platters and their song, My Prayer, from 1956. Hello? It could go along with the projects. (laughs) Oh, God. And the thoughts. Okay. You never know what's going to happen here. <laughs> no, we don't, David. We never know. Whatever do. does happen, everyone oh, God. have a great day. <laughs> I was really excited there for a minute. He never acknowledges holidays, and he mentioned that, but also it's another weekend project shit. 
I'm gonna tell you right now. I think <laughs> I think David is at the end of his journey. He, I, he keeps showing up. I think he has reached his destination. Oh my god, that was a fucking journey. That was like House of Leaves right there. I didn't know where we were going. Oh my god, that's not true. I do know where we're going. You ready? I don't know why I expected you to echo out right there. Like, report, report, report. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> All right. Well, this week, uh, we're going to rejoin our found footage adventurer, Thomas Burke, who is tirelessly still categorizing more and more found footage films. This time, um, he's bringing us an email with the uh, headline, Who is Mr. Tom? Which was a little uh, concerning when I first read it. Sounds pretty self-congratulatory. I, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let's jump into that email. Uh, Thomas writes, who is Mr. Tom? And no, I'm not referring to myself in this case. I'm referring to the insanely good underground web series that I found from 2012, made by the same filmmakers who did Antrim. It was initially presented as a 26-episode web series and later compiled into a feature-length narrative format, amounting to 93 minutes in runtime. These videos are available on YouTube in both formats. However, if you're interested in learning more of the backstory, I encourage you to visit the team's official website, whoismrtom.com. This isn't your typical found footage YouTube-style video, because within the first 20 minutes, there is an otherworldly reveal inside of a church, which I mentioned because it is introduced. it introduces some high-stakes situations that showcase some really frightening imagery, the kind of stuff that doesn't look cheap to make. Overall, this series has really impressed me, and I don't know if I would have stumbled upon it if it weren't for Nick Nordlinger, who filled in for Clark recently. Well, well, well. And recommended oh, yeah. the Mandela Catalog, which has inspired me to dive deeper into the found footage web content world. In closing, if you're like me and you like scary imagery that makes you want to poop your pants, then definitely grab a diaper and give this one a shot. All the best, Thomas Burke, N-M-T-B-M-N-I-S-T. Not Mr. Tom, but my name is still Tom. Uh, Thomas, she killed it with this one. Ow. This one's weird. And I, th- I was thinking about how I could kind of give a like one-sentence rundown that would get give people an idea of what they're getting into. And I think it's Guillermo del Toro meets Creepypasta. Our, um, our subject here, Mr. Tom, is an exorcist. And when, when Who is Mr. Tom starts, we're introduced to a pretty scary found footage um, kind of situation where a mom has been pleading, uh, looking for somebody to help her with her daughter. And I'm not going to go into the footage that uh, this kicks off this film because it is effectively scary, which I honestly think kind of hurts the feature. Because we're, we're not dealing with this mom and her daughter, ultimately. We're dealing with Mr. Tom, who's the exorcist that shows up. And uh, the mom isn't happy with the job he does. And there's a little bit of footage that she took that she wasn't supposed to take of him in the process. And uh, he, um, at a certain point, pulls down a scarf that he has over his face and reveals that he has no mouth. And effectively, he looks a lot like a creepypasta character, but, you know, in real life. And the film is mostly um, what we like to talk about, where it's a lot of mixed media from the Internet run through a single editor who um, is anonymous in the film. His face is blurred out and he has got that like creepy FBI concealed voice going. 
and it, it's pretty effective, but really we're following him. Who's an investigative journalist of types who, uh, ultimately gets, um, on the subject of Mr. Tom, who is a, uh, kind of like fifties monster from, uh, living in a dungeon in New York. It's really effective. There's also some, uh, again, we're dealing with the people who made Antrim who clearly are huge film fans. So there's nods to like Charlie Chaplin in this movie. But ultimately, what we're dealing with is a misunderstood creepypasta character, which ultimately this becomes a, a pretty sentimental movie. Would you agree with that, Oksana? I know you watched it with me. Did you get, I got a lot of like heartstrings pulled during this one. Yeah, um, especially when they they brought in people's comments about um, Mr. Tom. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because it is an editor online. He does work in like the Facebook page that I guess was authentically growing at this time, and a lot of YouTube comments, and it, it they work into the narrative. I this one is really interesting. If you're into like ARGs, this is a very light one, but um. You can find it actually we should we should tweet out the complete one because it took us a little bit and uh, to find it. But, you know, ultimately it was worth it. Sometimes I like to watch it in the web installations because you can see where a video ended and how long in between they were uploaded. But with this one, the narrative works so well that it's not important. You could just watch this thing. Two questions. Number one, he never sends you a link. He does. He puts them in there. I uh, do. It's just a little complicated because we don't want to hook up the computer every time to the damn projector. I understand, but you yeah. click the link, you understand the title, then you plug the title in there. Thank you. Bob's your uncle. Where were you when we needed you? I'm, I'm here to help. That's all right. Number two, this is an ARG, correct? Kind of. So what was the release schedule like? How many segments were there? Uh, there were 26. I don't know what it was like, and I'm actually kind of shocked that it i think it got around twenty thousand people on facebook interacting with it oh. which is i like nowadays very stable group on facebook i know right <laughs> well you know it's weird the facebook like niche groups like facebook um what is their like market like everybody's the metaverse no not the metaverse everybody swears by that marketplace they're like fuck oh. craigslist oh, yeah marketplace. okay yeah like like there are communities on facebook that get along but yeah. just on the regular feed zuckerberg it's like, doesn't mince his words yeah right it's the marketplace so yeah i don't know this one's really good um it again weird weird hair splitting complaint here but there's an image there's a little vignette in the beginning that is effectively like terrifying yeah and then we never get there again because it's not about that. And I understand, but it's like, fuck, it, I want a movie that's just that because it's all exorcism stuff and it, a girl's possessed. And again, the homie who made Antrim, this dude, he knows what he's doing and he loves this like experimental format. This is really good. I'm, I'm shocked I haven't heard about it before. But again, uh, Thomas Burke, man, y you're doing God's work over here. Tommy. And um, I think that's it. Did you want to add anything to it? Um, I don't know. I was a little bit like distracted with how, how um, hypocritical the filmmaker was because he blurred his own identity. Yeah. But was encouraging Mr. Tom to go show himself off kind of. For sure. To get used to being seen. But like we never find out who the filmmaker is. Yeah. I, what Oksana's talking about is uh, we're dealing with a monster, which is why I, I bring in Del Toro. Cause it's kind of like the misunderstood monster. And he, he does um, 
what is that therapy where it's like, oh, you're scared of spiders. Exposure We're going to exposure therapy. Ah. And uh, we get kind of like, like that jackass style of filmmaking where we have our character in full makeup. And the, the goal here is he wants him to stand in the middle of a crowded mall and he's going to show him that people are good and they're not going to fuck with him. I'll go ahead and spoil this little segment, which is all like CCTV. Like it's kind of like hidden camera stuff. Uh, somebody called fucking security on him and it works so well in the narrative. Like you get one lady who comes up to him and is just like, Hey, are you okay? Like, are you lost? Like, can I help you? But which is weird because our character has no mouth. So he just kind of like does a lot My of dream woman. And again, with Charlie Chaplin in mind, it's a lot of physical acting and dude, he's so good at it. But, you know, then some dude comes up to him. What did that guy say? He looked like such a piece of shit. He walked up to him. He's like, hey, man, what's up? Is this you? He's like, is that your face? Is that your face? Oh, so that was, <laughs> was that Mr. Jerry? Yeah, I don't know. Dude, it's the people. Tom and Jerry is the joke there. No, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the people in the, like little kids taking video of them and stuff. It's kind of heartbreaking. So again, it's not like terrifying, but Oksana's right. Like Satchmo, like you kept hearing that down there. And, uh, you know, Louis Armstrong and Louis Armstrong and um, Satchmo. No, but I'm saying the lyrical content where it's talk about like when you smile, the whole world smiles. Yeah, it's it's ironic that our monster <laughs> is obsessed with this, yet he doesn't have a mouth. I don't know. There's a lot of that going Red on. Roses too. Okay, okay. That's a yeah, let's end it there. <laughs> I need more saliva in my throat. I mean, that was pretty good. No, it was terrible. Let me tell you something. That wasn't bad. When I get... No, there, there's a certain thing. I haven't been able to figure it out. But sometimes... Women. When there's a... Also okay. confirmed. <laughs> when there's a certain amount of uh, spittle in my throat and a certain area of my larynx, I sound... There's no exaggeration here. You know me to be a man of truth. Yeah. Exactly like Louis Armstrong. That wasn't <laughs> oh it. God. That wasn't it. But there are times... It's like generally right before I had to like cough or something. Mm -hmm. It gets right in there. I don't. You talking like that reminded me of a trailer we watched last night. Do you know which one? Mm -mm. The bird one. So, uh, you know, teaser for our interview. That was, uh, that was a theme of birds yesterday. Yeah. Teaser for our interview. We got Adam still on and we learned about his weird relationship with birds. And then we went downstairs and we're watching trailers and trying to pick a movie and everything kept coming up birds. Everything. And one of them is a foreign. We also film. watched a movie where the protagonist's name was bird. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Her name was bird. Anyway, this, this film, do you know the title? Does anybody know the title of the movie I'm about to talk about? The one where there's an egg. That yeah. she puts oh, under the hatched. hatching, hatching. Hatching. Okay, yeah. That Ready, one. you seen this? Send him the trailer. No. Yeah, it looks cool. It's a uh, IFC Midnight. Actually, can we reach out for a screener? I know we never do that, but to, yeah. okay. Uh, hopefully, this will pay off, and next week we can talk about hatching. This looks, but tight. everybody put it on your radar. It looks fucking bizarre. It's and out already. It or looks, coming out. It looks. It, it looks like lamb, <laughs> but way cooler. But horror. <laughs> Yeah, I still haven't stuck. seen Lamb. I didn't think you're, of Lamb when good, I saw man. this trailer. Anyway, Clark's uh, gravelly voice there. <laughs> I, I instantly wanted to make a joke about chewing food for him, and it reminded me of that trailer. Oh, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> that so was good. there, I I promised I had a uh, reason for going on that weird tangent. Man, fuck you, dude. I want Five Guys now. 
Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. It kind of. Man, I've been good for two weeks, man. I've lost like, you know, somewhere between eight and 10 pounds. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean. I'm feeling good. I've gone. A, I'm on a good, you know, schedule. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know what? I'm kind of over it now. I could, okay. eat, I, could eat, I could eat some fries. Yeah, I don't know. Once your biome and your stomach changes, it's like just yes, run with it. But dude. I got a, I got a bunch of stuff. I'm gonna make some uh, some crock pot meals this week. Randy, I'm, talk- yeah. I'm talking. I'm talking some red beans and rice. Also, I'm talking some ham soup. <laughs> found a recipe. Also, I found a recipe for some African chicken peanut soup. Hmm. It seems pretty cool, but I forgot those ingredients. Also, I have more peeled tomatoes than I know what to do with. Hey, our food segment is before David comes in, okay? <sighs> our food segment is whenever the maestro <laughs> wants it to be. <laughs> and right now, the maestro wants to throw it to the man in the beanie. Randy Michaelstad. Yes, sir. Can I get uh, as mentioned, man? I've been in Florida for the last couple of days. Um so I haven't watched a ton this week, but I knew that uh, I would have to have have to watch something before I came here today. So confirmed, we would not have <laughs> let you in the chat. I saved. Uh, I went on my uh, iPad and I went to Netflix and I said I'm going to download something. Do not tell David Lynch you did this, dude. So yeah, I downloaded a uh, you know the best way to watch this type of movie. I downloaded a uh, a widescreen western called The Harder They Fall directed by James Samuel and I watched it on my iPad this morning at the Fort Lauderdale airport and then on the flight because uh, I had to split it up into two because I wasn't there for too long before the flight boarded. We get but it, Randy. <laughs> this is a, uh, a movie directed by James Samuel who I think is slash was a musician uh, before directing this, I think this is... Oh, he's not dead? No. Okay. I think this is his first uh, feature film directing. Stars Jonathan Majors, uh, Idris Elba, Zazie Beetz, Regina King, Delroy, Delroy Lindo, oh, uh, Lakeith cool. Stanfield. A lot Ooh. of uh, great, great actors in this. Um, Jonathan yes. Majors essentially plays the, the lead of this movie. And yeah, I don't know. I... Uh, Love Jonathan Majors since I've seen him in um, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Um, anytime I see him pop up, um, he's always great. Oh, um, he was so, the only good part in uh, White Boy Rick. You know, I haven't seen that still. You're good. Yeah, I kind of heard that as well. But um, yeah, so essentially the plot of this movie, um, uh, IMDb says, when a outlaw discovers his enemy is being released from prison, he reunites his gang to seek revenge in this Western. Um, so essentially, Jonathan Majors, as a kid, um, in very Batman fashion, his parents were killed in front of him. And uh, the person that killed his parents uh, carved a cross into Jonathan Majors's like forehead um, as a kid, and that you know obviously left him very scarred in both metaphorical and physical ways. <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, essentially the person, the person that is being released is, um, the leader of this gang who is the person that, uh, did said crime. Um, and yeah, so, uh, Jonathan Major's character's name is Nat Love. So he gets his own gang together. And, um, I think 
what is it? Cherokee Bill? I think that's his, the, the rival gang. Strong. So essentially you've got a rival gang. You've got a gang of, um, you know, cowboys that rob banks. And then you've got Nat Love's gang who um, robs the people that rob the banks. It's kind of fun. Kind of fun Ooh, setup. Like Omar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of um, really good cinematography in here. Apparently the DP of this also shot the master and he also worked with um, Francis Ford Coppola in some later Francis Ford Coppola films. But Who's that? Uh, you know, I can't pronounce his name, but um, it's a great looking movie. Um, no, I was talking about Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, it looks really good. Uh, the, <laughs> I may have not got the whole question that you asked. Um, well, but yeah, it's good. a yeah, that was perfect. Yep. Yeah, it's a uh, the town that uh, the two rival gangs are in is a uh, is very colorful. Like everything in like all the sets, set design, and the costumes and everything um, look great. Um, there's some really fun like cinematography. There is a splits a couple instances of split screen, which um, I thought worked pretty well here. Um, there's like a really interesting like. Uh, pretty long, like not super quick zoom, but, um, there's this zoom towards this, like one of the last, like sort of like shootouts duels or whatever towards the end of the movie. Uh, that was really good. There's a lot of, uh, you know, like anachronistic, um, songs used in this movie, but I thought it worked really well here. Um, I don't know. I felt like they have a lot of fun with, you know, Western tropes and having like really great characters, really fun dialogue and, um, yeah, it's, it's a uh, really solid. I don't know if any of you have seen this yet. Nope. No, I'm down for a black Western dude. It's good. Yeah. I'm How a fan. Stars? Three stars. Sounds like a three star from Randy. It's like a three and a half. I was Ooh. thinking about maybe leaning, leaning to four, but oh, wow. you know, it's a uh, Randy's feeling Randy. It's pretty, you know, like I said, it's pretty, uh, kind of like, you know, lives by general like Western trope. So it doesn't do like a whole lot to like kind of mix up, you know, the type of a Western, but also, you know, whatever, if they just want to do a fun black Western with very cool uh, and interesting kind of characters that, you know, we really haven't really seen too much before. I'm sure there are other black Westerns that, um, you know, people know of that uh, I haven't seen. It would be <laughs> cool to check out as well. But um, yeah, it's like I said, it looks really solid. There's some, there's a lot of fun stuff in it. So if you, uh, got a Netflix subscription and you haven't canceled it three times like Clark has, go ahead and give a the harder they fall a shot. Yeah. It's called, um, dude, you never saw Medea goes to the West. <laughs> no, I haven't seen many Tyler Perry films, although I live very close to what used to be a Tyler Perry studios. Apparently dude, Tyler Perry studios has taken over, man. Yeah. His uh, his newer places is huge. Apparently for the I record. been by. We're big Tyler Perry fans on this show. I want to be very clear. Sure, yeah. Booze a hit. Next week, I will see Alex Cross, where Tyler Perry takes an action dramatic role as Alex Cross. <laughs> you know, I think I have seen parts of that movie. Really? Yeah. I don't mind Tyler Perry as a dramatic actor. I think he's no, no, rather I, good dude, when I, he's serious. I think he's great. I, I'm not kidding you. I love Tyler Perry. I'm a yeah. Tyler Perry fan. Oh, man. Alex Cross, though. I'm over that James Patterson bullshit. <laughs> you strike um, me as a James Patterson reader. Fuck you. That's hurtful. 
No, yeah, besides the, uh, you got nothing on the blustering dude. Uh, no, but I do want to give Randy a shout out for having the coolest shirt today. He's got a Lahane long sleeve that he bought off Instagram. You bought off Instagram? Yeah, some like you know Instagram account that just makes bootleg T-shirts and. That's There's been cool. other ones that that's they posted the about that thing you've ever done. Wait till he starts getting the coffee watches, dude. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, he's not that cool. I'm <laughs> only that cool. Don't don't impeach on my coffee watch, dude. Uh, I have bought a lot of stuff off Instagram. Okay. <laughs> they know me, dude. They fucking know me now. Is any my, of it good or is it my all trash? Instagram, my Instagram feed is nothing but watches, race cars, and chubby girls. That is all my Instagram feed. <laughs> <laughs> Russell, your thoughts? What's your TikTok like? I one time I logged in there one time, tried to see what the fuss was about, and got out of there. All right, we got to get on there. Just, I don't know, man. I, I'm too old. You know what I mean? I don't <laughs> yeah, know. If I, do. this, I don't know if this plane's got another takeoff in me, man. I'm just cruising. All right, Randy, you got another one? I got no other movies, though. I've mostly just been watching a lot of TV. Um, the Righteous Gemstones is back, and it's uh, very fun, very good. Um, New episode tonight. No, tomorrow. Trafficked Today's is back. Monday. The uh, Nat Geo documentary show with um, Mariana Von Zeller. Very oh, it's backed? It's yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, traffic is back. Trafficked is back. That's um, it. See, it's really good. Um, and then I also finished finished the last season of Search Party, which was very insane. But pass, man. Y'all watch too much TV. Pass. I don't like Fuck Starly TV. Kine. She, oh uh, yeah, she like created it or as a producer or she something. Annoyed, yeah. She annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> She's I. I don't know. Man. I don't she think she's that, in it though. She had that mystery show. That was a bunch of shit. What a flop that was. It was <laughs> a giant thing that NPR like propped up. It was supposed to be like a enormous podcast where Starly Kine solves a mystery every week. The first week, how tall is Jake Gyllenhaal? <laughs> and then the fucking show episode. went away. It was a fucking hunk of shit. <laughs> Fuck her. <laughs> Fuck that show. I like the alliteration of the episode title though. It's good. Star How tall is Jake Ryan? Gyllenhaal? Oh, uh, what was it called? How tall is Jake Gyllenhaal? You literally just recited it. That's to not me. alliteration, or whatever it is. I don't know <laughs> wordplay. Rhymes, you stupid <laughs> rhymes. Sorry, I don't know what iambic pentameter is either. That's oh awesome. my god, God, what a bunch of way to take illiterate at me. Sal's, I you motherfucker. I know what alliteration is. It's fucking every, alliteration. It's every Marvel character. That's just how they <laughs> name is every true. goddamn character. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Yeah, fuck them all. Speaking yeah, of Marvel, Jackson. the uh, book of Boba Fett's kind of good too. <laughs> oh, have you? Are you watching the Boba Fett? Oh yeah. I've watched a couple. It's have you watched the Boba Fett? No. It's I'm not fun. a fucking child. Kind of fun. You love the Mandalorian. <laughs> Is the Mandalorian coming back? What's going on? No. Actually, for Christmas, my sister bought me my own droid. So I was driving that around in the front room. The droid is kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. I do like that. But the again, droid. I'm not a fucking child. Now I canceled uh Disney. I got a I got a bundle. So oh I got Disney God. through a bundle. <laughs> I got the Disney bundle. Yeah, the Boba Fett's good. Canceled it when it wasn't free anymore. Yeah, basically. Yeah, me too. 
But then I got a bundle. Fuck them. All right. Um, you know, obviously there was a giant uh, horror movie that came out this week. Um, I was going to put a joke in there, but I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't think of another thing. Um, we'll talk about that second. First, okay. <laughs> first we're going to talk about a movie. It was released on Amazon Prime. Now, this had a limited theatrical release, much like Randy Michael Statt's previous entry into this catalog. Um, the Harder They Fall. Randy, was that the name of that movie you just talked about? Correct, yeah. Thank you so much. That had a uh, limited theatrical release, such as the movie that I will be talking about this week, and that is Being the Ricardos. Now, this is an Aaron Sorkin film. Aaron Sorkin... Boy, let me tell you, I mean, you're either in or you're out or you don't give a shit. <laughs> you got three options with Aaron Sorkin, and I'm kind of somewhere around there. I feel like we hit the we hit the tip of the top with Mr. Sorkin. <laughs> and I will tell you, this felt the least Sorkin-y movie I've ever seen in my life. There's not as much walk and talk in this. I think maybe, you know, he's evolving. I don't know. Um, the way that this film is structured, of course, we're talking about Lucille Ball and um, Desi Arnaz uh, is, is playing uh, Ricky Ricardo in the I Love Lucy television series. Um, which changed television. Now, th- the film operates sort of as a faux documentary at the beginning of the film, because what we have here is we obviously go into, you know, what's happening at the time. Essentially, this takes place in one week of Lucille's ball life, and this is when Lucille Ball was called out for being a communist. But she explained that she, when she was 18, she checked a box, and she checked the box for the Communist Party because of her grandfather. Her grandfather raised her, and he was a com- he was a member of the Communist Party, and she checked the box to be involved in the Communist Party to honor her grandfather, and that was how all of her involvement of being involved with the Communist Party. But she got put on the list, and then it got released as she was on the list, and so basically this whole week was crowd control of what they were going to do. But also, they had to do a show. So that's the movie. The movie goes into that. There's also a little bit of flashback, but then there's also um, sort of uh, a faux documentary style of people who are still around in modern day, talking about that previous time as well. Heads up, it's not the real people. These are also actors <laughs> who are pretending to be other actors in the film. Do you understand what's happening? I get it. I barely get it, and I saw the movie three <laughs> times. That's not true. I only stomach it once. It's fine. It's fine. Nicole Kidman does a pretty good job here. This movie feels like, um, what's the industry term? Packaging. I think that's what they call it, where essentially you've got this producer and that producer and this producer can get you okay. this talent. Yeah. That producer can get you this. And then they just kind of package everything together. That's what this is. Javier Bardem should probably not be playing Desi Arnaz. <laughs> it doesn't he look does, the role. He does yeah. not look the role. Yeah. But Javier Bardem is good. 
He's a good actor. He's got a presence. And he's not doing a Desi Arnaz impression. He's doing the best he can do. And let me tell you something. It's pretty fucking good. Because Harvey R. Bardem's talented. So uh, it's he's not Desi Arnaz, but he's fucking good. And Nicole Kidman has that raspy voice. She does a pretty good job here. Well, hold on. So are we getting mostly like Lucille Ball? Or are we getting like a I Love Lucy like rundown? We get we get we get a I love Lucy rundown because I, we get a little bit of the, the the Lucille Ball backstory yeah of her struggles in Hollywood and she's trying to be a movie star and she gets actually cast in a in film in the nineteen forties called The Big Street mm-hmm. and you know but then because she had a package deal with RKO yeah yeah and then RKO dropped her because she was getting a little older and then she started doing radio theater. And then um, they were like, what do you think about television? And then she's like, I only do this television if my husband is involved in the show and he plays my husband. Yeah. Like, well, we can't have an interracial marriage. He's like, well, I've got all the leverage here, so fuck you. Yeah. And that's how I Love Lucy happened. Well, I mean, is it one of those things? Because, I mean, you know, Lucy and uh, Ricky Ricardo are so iconic. Yeah. Like, is this movie about, like, they weren't like that in real life. Like, is it one of those kind of biopics or is it like a celebration of that? A little bit of both, but okay. I mean, you know, they yeah. divorced and they divorced right the day after they wrapped up their final episode of I love Lucy. Yeah. And they go mm-hmm. into that and they well, really sort of package that together because I, I don't want to tell you how it sort of ends, but um, I mean, it's just, you could do a lot of the, like the red hair drama. Cause I know, you know, it's a black and white show and there was all this kind of stuff that, cause I'm a fan like yeah. I, I'm a big fan of I Love Lucy. Yeah, oddly, I don't, I don't know why, but it a it's just show. a good show. Yeah, and um, she's a terrific comedian. You know, whenever you like something like that, it's like I don't know if I really want to watch a like, you know, here's her talking about being a communist behind the scenes and dealing with a bunch of drama that you know never got touched on in the era. Well, she was very adamant that she's like, look, my involvement with the Communist Party is that I checked a box. Yeah, twenty years ago. Yeah, but, you know, I remember a long time ago, I can't remember what you were talking about, but you kind of contextualized biopics in a new way for me, where it's not really we're trying to do God's work of telling the correct history. We really get a chance to watch a famous actor kind of live in another actor. Yeah. And the Nicole Kidman thing sounds interesting to me. Well, look, Nicole Kidman and Harvey R. Bardem, I mean, look. You can't really get more talented than those two. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want a interpretation of Ricky Ricardo, though. I really it like it. Worked the, for me. Okay. Because he's charming. Yeah. And Ricky Ricardo. You gotta be. He's yeah. definitely, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I enjoyed this. Well, okay. It's you know, long. The other big fan is um, of course Oksana. Do you have any interest in watching this? I'm a little weirded out by uh Nicole Kidman's. I I will only watch this if you want to. Um it's two hours and eleven minutes. Again. Jeez. That's a big fucking commitment. <laughs> I, you can I, say no. It would not be very high on my program Okay, list. cool. But cool. it wouldn't be opposed. I, I'm yeah. telling you, I enjoyed this. Yeah. No, I had one day of not feeling well this week, and this was the day that I watched this. I also watched Horrible Bosses too. It feels like a weird choice to make a two and a two hour and eleven long minute movie. That was a, Are you doing okay? A two plus hour movie about something that sounds like it was wrapped up in you know an hour. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess it was like, You're crazy. I don't know. I you know what? I enjoyed being the Ricardos for what it was. Would you rate it? One point five. <laughs> <laughs>
Three, three and three. a half. Oh, why'd you give it the half? Because Randy did? Yeah. You're like, I'll give it a three, but I don't want to rate it lower than Randy. Yeah, it can't be Randy. What do you want? All right. <laughs> All right. Um, and I also watched, uh, for the, I'm going to call it the sixth time, uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. It's, Hell yeah. I want to, I want to say it's my favorite just because it's my favorite title of the Mission Impossible <laughs> franchise. Ghost Protocol is pretty good. It's not the best one. You know why? Because the villain, it doesn't have a strong villain. Ghost Protocol. That's what it, it lacks here. You know? Um, it's not like your Fallout. It's not like your Mission Impossible 3 with Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's probably the best villain in the franchise. And also, you know, Sean Bean, you know, he's a great villain. Oh, it, it misses that. I'm a big Fallout guy. Fallout is incredible. Fallout. Now, he, he's talking favorite. Fallout Boy. Mission <laughs> Impossible Fallout Boy. Uh, that's hey, a we're getting seven campaign. this year, I think. Oh my God. Wait, what? We're getting the new one this year, I think. Oh, and it's gonna fucking rip, dude. Were you just trying to stay with the bird theme? Since the director is Brad Bird. <laughs> I love Brad Bird. Brad Bird comes from animation. Uh if you're if you're a podcast fan, which, you know, why would you be if you're listening to this show? <laughs> uh Brad Bird was actually on Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast uh several months ago. Very good. Give that a listen. I believe that was back in October. As I was listening to that while I was watching TV on a plane, and I saw that John Gruden got fired as the Raiders head coach. That has never heard of him. Apropos <laughs> of nothing. All right, Scream. Scream is a wait. No, set it up because I want to hear about. I'm your setting it up right now. I mean, your experience. What do you mean? Because you went to the brunch thing. I'm, let me tell you something. Oh my god! No, because I know you're already tiptoeing. No, here's here's, I, here's the thing. You know, I I perform ballet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I perform a ballet of words. You're a fucking <laughs> mosh pit, and you fuck you come in here, you clamp around, and I'm I'm a symphony. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> I'm a symphony. You understand? <laughs> I come in here. You ruined it. <laughs> What's the analogy for uh, my words coming out of my mouth? Oh, God. I saw Scream 1, what, two <laughs> weeks ago? I think so, yeah. Two weeks ago, saw Scream for the first time. And then I saw Scream 4 when it came out a decade ago. Yeah. That's my history of Scream. So I decided to go see... By the way, why didn't they call it Scream 5? Why is it just called Scream? They, there's also an inside joke in the movie about that. But anyway, so I went to uh, the... Um, it's a shot at Halloween. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. A new... At the New Mission Theater at the uh, Alamo Draft House in San Francisco, California at 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning, I saw a brunch screening... Of Scream. At said brunch screening, I had, let's call it, an almost satisfactory egg BLT. Clark, why is it almost satisfactory? Because they did not toast the bread. Randy, I mean, come on. A BLT, you got to have a bread toasted. Am I crazy here? No, I agree. What kind of egg we talking about? Over easy. That thing, Ooh, that thing okay. popped. Hell yeah. Sounds good. It was good. But on non-toasted bread, 
I mean, we're it's just yeah. a structural issue here. We're talking. You know, you got lettuce, which is condensation. You have a tomato, condensation. You have bacon, piercing the bread. <laughs> and then you have a runny egg. I mean, this is a d- recipe for disaster. <laughs> it was a, a delicious disaster. It also had a Bloody Mary, which itched, uh, which scratched this itch that I'm currently having as I've had like 14 Bloody Marys in the past 24 hours. Bloody Mary! So I'm coming in, uh, you know, freshly bathed in the river of scream. <laughs> um, and, you know, frankly, you know, I think that, yes, this film is unapologetically, without question, fan service. And I don't think that's a negative thing. Because it's a franchise horror film, so what the fuck else would it be? And that is really the only negative reviews that I've seen online, is that it's like, oh, it's just fan service. It's a fucking franchise movie. What the fuck else would it be? It's also even commenting on that like yeah. new trend. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That, that holds no water. Also, Randy, who I'm talking about specifically, is your boy from Film Spotting. He needs to cool it. <laughs> Josh Larson? That's the one. Yeah, the whole movie. Like, um, we get into it a little bit with... Uh, actually, we talk a lot about Scream with Adam Stillwell in the episode coming up Thursday. We do. So, Still water. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, you know, one of the things that... Um, because Adam, he, I think he opens up giving his uh, top five list. And I, I mentioned briefly that I feel like two and three are really just rounding out a trilogy. That's their purpose in the franchise. And like all of the conversations about that. But four and five become really interesting beacons in like a decade of horror. And five, I actually think this commentary is what um, ultimately makes me like it over four. Where at four at the time, I really liked what they were saying. But this one, dude, they open up with shots against the Babadook and yeah. like art house horror and how elevated uh, horror. Yeah. Which is, you know, to me, it feels a little bit late because I remember when don't breathe came out, we were really into like ripping on elevated horror and how you can only enjoy a horror movie. If there's like a deeper underlying meaning and this film, which has a few of those, it, it just constantly kept taking shots at it. But it, again, the calling it scream, I think is, you know, making fun of Bloomhouse, which is, you know, Halloween. And they're just, it's the, um, what do they call it? A requel yeah. where it's like, not just a reboot, it's a sequel, but it's also, you got to, uh, pay homage to the original, but you also have to do something new. Yeah. And it's, you know, in the tradition of Kevin Williams, he really is able to make fun of exactly what he's doing well. And this film, you know, we have the legacy cast, which they call them, which even when you look at the synopsis online, it says, 25 years after the original series of murders in Woodsboro, a new ghost face emerges, and Sidney Prescott must return to uncover the truth. That's really not what the movie's about at all. At all. And honestly, they unroll all the older characters uh, in a very paced and like kind of like in a cinematic version, it's very um, heavy and it's very like limited. They're, they're garnish. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not the star. They're like the celery in my bloody Mary, which in part four, I don't think was true in yeah. part four. It's the, Hey, we're getting the Scooby gang back together and we're going to do this again. Yeah. Where this one, I really like the way they handled it. 
the main qualm I had with this movie is that our lead, uh, I do not think she had the presence to carry that film with her. Uh, her little sister ends up stealing the movie for me. Um, I, I don't want to talk too much about it. So ultimately, did you, where do you rate? Thor- thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and I think they did a good job. Like you didn't have to see two or three. And I, you mentioned to me that the Alamo did a recap yeah. of all the movies. And I'm like, yeah, honestly, you don't need one. Yeah. They did like a 10 to 15 minute thing of like, okay, it was previously on screen. Yeah. You know, so the, again, the only complaints I've heard were that uh, from fans were that, I guess the killers. And it's like, man, if you're hung up on that still, yeah. I don't know. Let me, let me do it wrong. Let me be very clear. They fucking tell you. Don't now don't spoil anything, please. I but it doesn't you. matter. I, I understand I agree with you too. But it is part of it. And even though I wasn't completely immersed, like we we saw it with Terrell, and Terrell loves like, oh, who do you think did it? Like he'll he's one of the people who wants to talk about it during the movie. Sure. I don't care because I'm like, hey, you know, I, I like to see the story they're crafting. And um, you know, we got to the end and I'm like, I was happy with it. I thought it all worked out great. I don't. I really enjoyed this one. Um, anything you want to add, Oksana? I know you really enjoyed this too. Um, I think you summarized it pretty well. Like the the little sister totally stole it. Um, There's one thing that I know made you very happy about this film that I just wanted to see if you're going to lead with. They mentioned your favorite like place in California. Modesto. Oh, yeah, the one of the main stories yeah. is that a character flees to Modesto to start a new life. And she is the troubled daughter who ruined her family. That's where you go to end your life plan. And then, yeah, Modesto <laughs> sucked out all of her life energy and then her face didn't move while she talked. I I could not I could not imagine the writing room though. Why Modesto? Like there is a little bit of film history there. Isn't that where Lucas is from or something? Like George Lucas? Yeah, George Lucas. Is he? And it's like, why? I thought he was from Tatooine. I mean, because, you know, California, we are a very West Coast elite uh, country, but we still have a lot of places we like to make fun of, like Bakersfield. Like, I honestly, I think Bakersfield wouldn't have been as weird as Modesto. Well, because no sick ass band is from Modesto, dude. (laughs) He was born in Modesto. Yeah, he was. So there is like weird little. But I'm like, that's not an Easter egg. Like, oh yeah, like uh, imagine that popping up on IMDb trivia. Like George Lucas was born in Modesto. Like, who gives a fuck? I don't know. I laughed out loud when I heard the Modesto thing. Yeah, I thought it was incredibly (laughs) funny. Especially like Woodsboro to Modesto. I don't know. There must be some Uh, proximity. I will mention they don't. They make no reference to the TV show. That I've seen. Good. Which is a little weird. How was the TV show? I enjoyed it. It's completely different, yeah. though. They they did a lot of um, uh, horror wrapped up with technology. How many seasons? Two. But they they did a couple things that would piss off a like uh, long-term audience, like a fan base. Mm. And I will mention that in the Q&A, because we went to the first one on Thursday, and they did a pre-thing and a post-thing. In the post-thing, we had the uh, director. I can never remember what he did. Oksana freaky the director of freaky who uh, gave a very thoughtful Q&A mentioned that he thought this film was about toxic fandom and Kevin Williamson got so like I've never had that experience but it's like in the script you're kind of like it feels that way though and uh, just to bring it back to the TV show 
they did this whole arc where there was supposed to be like an urban legend. It's kind of like Friday the 13th meets Scream. And they completely abandoned it. They just dropped it outright. And in season two, it's just different. Yeah. So it's weird that Scream is the franchise of like coddling an audience, yet the TV show did not carry on that tradition. Interesting. Yeah, I loved it. Again, this is my second favorite Scream movie, and I stand by that. Also, without giving any spoilers, Ghostface kills somebody with two Buck 120s. I thought it was iconic, and I would wear a shirt like Randy in his Lehane shirt right now. Sick. Maybe we should make one. <laughs> we'll go on there and bootleg some Ghostface shirts. That'll really make us cool. Randy, do you have any interest in going seeing Scream? Uh, that's a negative. <laughs> Randy, your boy David Arquette crushes it. He's great in it. Tight. I think I've only seen the first one. Again, and you're good. People are going to get mad at me, but I do not. I think uh, Courtney's looking a little rough in this movie. She's good. She's good. I love Gail Weathers, but she looks a little rough in this movie. She's good. She's going the Mickey Rooney route. I don't She's like not going it. The Mickey Rooney I'll tell you route. this: Nev Campbell, perfect. She looks great. She's good. She looks like she doesn't fucking age. She's bathing in virgin blood or something. Gross. <laughs> Adrenochrome. Yeah. All right, my turn. Uh, so you're saying Nev Campbell it was on Epstein Island? Maybe. Okay. Allegedly, yeah. Down on Epstein Island. On Epstein Island. You think they drink Bloody Marys on Epstein Island? Ooh. I'm not going to play oh, the boom. stinger. Uh, it only happens whenever you have one in your hand. Well, I drank it. I killed it. Yeah, no. All right. All right. Well, um, I'm going to talk about another movie. I'm going to bring Clark right back in. Okay. Because when, we were, when uh, I was venturing down into our uh, front room for the first time in a week, we sat around for about 45 minutes trying to find a movie, went to Netflix, which Clark canceled, and pulled the trigger on a film called Polaroid. Polaroid. Now, uh, we went in blind here, and uh, Clark, in usual manner, pulled out IMDb while we were watching it, and f- discovered that this was created by the director Lars Klevberg, who, uh, after making Polaroid, went on to make Child's Play, which it has that magical effect, man. When you like a movie by a director, all of a sudden you give a film more uh, room. Yeah. This one, it's not that this one was bad. I will say that it opened up weird because we're dealing with a Polaroid horror movie, which the only reference I have for that is Goosebumps, uh, Say Cheese and Die, (laughs) which this one's different because when you take a picture of somebody, they die, but somebody murders them. And it's like, oh, that's an, that changes it completely. And in the beginning, it just it, it felt like it was going to be kind of one of those PG thirteen. Uh, this is a mess of a movie deals. Um, Clark was wearing sunglasses, and the film is so dark that he had to take them off. I found this to be hilarious. <laughs> I actually thought the cinematography was beautiful. I love it's got that X Files feel to it. Where it's very noir. It looked like it was shot by Ray Charles. (laughs) You just have no palate for fucking true cinema. And here's the thing. This movie was beautiful. It was too dark. It was like a disturbing behavior. And then, turns out, the sheriff of the town, fucking Skinner. Now, all of these Luddites that I do this fucking podcast with, none of them watched X-Files. I don't know what the fuck's going on with y'all. I see a nap or two. (laughs) Thanks, Randy. I, I, I should know I can always count on you. Um... But the 90s was a dark period for metal, unless you were into the extreme. I was not yet. And for horror. And uh, a lot of that um, 
brain share was stolen by the X-Files. So all you horror fans, I don't know what you were doing in the 90s. You should have been watching that show. Anyway, this little harbor town, I believe it might. It felt like Boston. I actually wasn't paying that much attention. Were we in Boston in this movie? No. Massachusetts somewhere? We were in. Anyway, mm. Bird, uh, who works at an antique shop and has a scar on her neck, is uh, camera shy. And we get this. She cute, though. Oh, she was. Uh, she's got the like big eyes of like what you want from your girl next door in a keep horror going, movie. Keep going. Keep oh, going. <laughs> anyway, this this Asian dude creeps on her and then he gets it. And Clark cheered out loud. Yeah, man, he's about to get it. <laughs> he tried to kiss her and it was effectively creepy. You know, I, I don't know how much I want to talk about this movie. Yeah, but she she wasn't interested in him. She wanted a uh, young Johnny Depp. She was so likable in this movie. And she it, was good. Yeah, she was really she good. She carried the thing. Also, she's British. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, loses points for me. Mm. Taking American jobs, dude. Playing Americans, <laughs> stealing sure. their jobs. Also, the name Bird Don't Fitcher. Don't forget who won the war. Bird Fitcher. I don't know if Bird I like that name. Bird Fitcher. Anyway, if, if you're a fan of... um, This is like found footage adjacent, I guess. We're dealing with a lot of Polaroids. The uh, young cast is good. It is PG-13. There were some very, very interesting things that happened in this script. A lot of them. That happened in the third act. Yeah. That were like, okay, this just raised up a little bit for me. Also, it gets pretty twist and turny at the end. If you're a fan of that kind of storytelling... Uh, you know, the CG is rough. The special effects, not good. It's PG-13. Frankly, that hurts it. Yeah, Clark almost was completely out when he saw PG-13. The kill scenes were not good, man. Well, they're not really on camera either. No. Yeah. But One person gets ripped in half, and you you see the top of his head split, and that's it. Yeah. That, that was probably the most cop-out kill. Not Candisha style, dude. No. Candisha went. Was brutal. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know the CG in here. There's there's some CG fire. They it's mostly far away and doesn't CG be- snow. Now I disagree. You know if you want to part, there was a second scene that iffy. That you know, first scene. Hold on, clearly CG. So snow. you know what? You know female bag is a segment that we love and never get to do because none of you interact with us. Email us. What's our email? DM us. I don't do something. <laughs> don't DM me. Bro. And uh, you know, weigh in on this. If you watch Polaroid, was the was the snow CG? The first snow scene was CG. It was not. Oh, I it think was it was filmed in Nova Scotia. They probably have a lot of snow there. Yeah, okay. you know what else they got? Computers. <laughs> yeah, Clark was like, dude, the snow's only on the right side of the the frame. That was the second snow scene. Okay, but you're you're backing up on that one, or the second one? I'm iffy. That first one, I think clearly no CG snow. CG snow. All right, there's no question. Randy, fire it up right now. <laughs> Skip to where you see snow and then confirm. Thank you. No, we're gonna argue about this until people weigh in. There's no question. Anyway, great film. I totally understand why he got Child's Play after this. Man, it's just uh, I love the cinematography in this bitch. It was great. Um, I'm gonna sneak in one more. Uh, right after while we were looking and before also, we a lot of a lot of young handsome men in that one. Yeah, you kept calling one a young Johnny Depp. One he looked exactly like young Johnny Depp, and the other looked like uh, Sean from Boy Meets World. You know, and then I was over here and I kept confusing the two because one of them was a potential love interest, hundred percent. And I was like, wait, wait, is that the love interest? And both Oksana and Clark were like, no. <laughs> That's the that's the boyfriend of the other girl. You're getting your hunky boys mixed up. I do. You, <laughs> like, you like hunky. Boys. I go cross-eyed. I can't tell. I get flustered. My brain shuts down. 
while we were looking for this film, we were uh, checking out trailers of a bunch of shit. And um, Clark somehow tricked me into watching a TV show. Watched the first episode. He didn't even sit through the whole thing. I gave it 30 minutes. I'll, I'll briefly talk about this. It's called- And I found out that one of our former guests uh, directed a couple episodes. Oh, really? Who? Tune in next week. Okay. What, you don't know the name off the top Morehead. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, that checks out. Maybe Benson. I mean, I get a little PTSD when I hear it. Thank you so much. But uh, Archive 81. Fault. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this is, is what, what was the confusing thing it said on Netflix? It's like, here's a found footage Based show. off a podcast. It, based off a found footage podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And then I'm watching it, and then um, they talk about the, the Vesser building, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I heard the whole fucking podcast. So way back in the it day- It took you 20 minutes into the show. Well, I'll t- the opening's completely different from the actual podcast. And um, who's the lead in this show that you love? I don't know his name. I don't well, Take it easy. He was in a couple things I saw. He's in one movie that I hated, but I liked him. He's Mama the only reason- there you go. Thank you, Randy. He's the only reason why I was like, you know what? Let's. F- I'm. I'm willing to ride this one out. He's good. He's great. I loved watching him on screen. Also, the so the podcast is about a guy who gets hired by kind of a private company, and I mean private in the way that they're trying to be like private, like they don't have a trace online, and they're very secretive, and um, they hire him to re um, to fix f- like. It's confusing because in the show, it's all film. It looks like it's almost like mini DV. But in the podcast, it's like radio recordings. So he goes there and he cleans up the uh, audio and he um, documents it again. So he has to listen to it all. And the thing is, he's up in the Catskill Mountains. He's like completely isolated. He's in an old cement building. And he it's found footage um, because he's just listening to found footage from a building that had burned down. And I love the podcast. It's so well produced. And it was the first time I'd ever listened to something that was like scripted podcast. Cause normally I like free form conversation, but this was completely different. I season one was great. Season two gets a little fucking crazy. And, um, the show seems to be right on track. It looks like a lot of fun. If, if like discovering and watching it's, you know, this is very sinister adjacent. Where uh, it's uh, it's not a found footage show, but our characters dealing with like literal found footage. And if you like that kind of like I'm alone watching horror movies vibe, I mean, dude, watch it. Even though uh, our arch nemesis is has directed a couple of episodes. Are, are you only in one? I don't. Ep- I don't think I'm going to go back. You don't think you're going to finish it, dude? I just had a whole week where I didn't watch any movies. I and again, I got my Severin thing in here i really want to dig in and uh, yeah i know i gotta watch some movies yeah we were supposed to do cruel jones yesterday i know and i feel like i don't know i'm happy with what we watched yeah i'm, I'm too yeah so archive 81 um you know if you're if you're looking for a podcast that's scripted go listen to that it was great season two gets very lovecraftian and i will mention Pass. that their treatment of it though like their descriptive like artifact handling was so good that I actually uh, showed it to our DM because I thought it was a uh, good creative. Your field. district manager? Yeah, my district manager. No, my dungeon master. Oh my god, I was trying to I protect know. you. <laughs> I was trying to protect you, dude. Don't protect me. I, I love it. 
But you know what? I do like that. Weigh in on that fucking CGI snow argument. There is no question it There's was CGI question. snow. If it was CGI, it still looked good. It did not <laughs> look good. All right. That's it. Um, yeah, as Russell mentioned, uh, stay stay tuned for Thursday's episode. Uh, we talked to one of our favorite scumbags, <laughs> Adam Stillwell, who uh, was able to sober up for five minutes to talk to us. Um, as he talked to us, apparently in a junkyard where he was sitting on spare <laughs> seats of a Kia Sorento that he stole, probably some from poor, you know, immigrant family. Also, he, the director of the Triangle and the Devil in the Shack. If you're an UF fan, yeah. And this is the first time where he directed a film on his own. Did it work out? Huh. Mixed reviews. <laughs> no, we love we love Adam, um, and we had a great talk. And uh, yeah, that's it. No more positive things about him because this is my show, and I'm the star. Randy, do you have anything else for us? I don't, but I currently have hiccups from drinking this second beer that I popped open during our episode, and uh, I didn't think I was going to make it through the sentence, but yeah, that's it. All right, we'll see you next week.